Welcome to the Nuggets of Gold podcast, everybody. It is Matt here today with my co-host, Jake. And it's not the best day in 49erville today because, frankly, they lost a game that they absolutely should not have lost. This was one of the most frustrating losses for me to watch personally because I know a lot of people really critique the team a lot. And I'm going to put almost the entire blame on Nick Mullins on this one. And it's not to say that I like hate Nick Mullins or whatever, but this is what it looks like for almost every team with a backup quarterback. And sometimes we get bailed out by Kyle. But today, Nick was really off, and he showed why he's a backup quarterback, and he showed why when Jimmy goes down, it is such a big deal. And that's why this – like the Jimmy injury was, in terms of how much it affects the team, is up there with Bosa. Um, and so I, I want to I wanna let you start, Jake, because you had some stuff on the offensive line that I found very interesting. And it – because I came into this like thinking it was all on Nick, and I'm going to – some of the blame is going to have to go to the offensive line on this one. But, Jake, I'll let you start out. What, what was your kind of stat or, like, eye-opening stat about the offensive line? Yeah, well, you know, I'm seeing on Twitter a lot of people blaming Trent Williams, blaming Mike McGlinchey, and that's fair. Um, I think we can both agree they didn't have great games. Um, Trent had the crucial false start penalty on the final drive. He got beat you know, two or three times that I saw by Derek Barnett. We saw Mike McGlinchey get beat on the other side by Brandon Graham. And um, I think, you know, it's so easy to pin it on the guys on the outside because, um, you know, they're, they're the ones oftentimes, you know, one-on-one with one guy and they're doing that all game long. But what a lot of people don't see is the interior offensive line. And it's been an issue for the last couple of years with the 49ers. And uh, Matt, I have a question for you. So PFF ranks, you know, all the players in the league. And right now um, only 48 guards can qualify for a PFF grade. Where do you think Brunskill and Tomlinson are two guards rank out of 48 qualifying guards? I would probably say like a low end starter and there's probably a couple of backups that don't have that, like that much playing time, but they've played all right. So maybe like twenties, thirties kind of range, just cause I don't think they've been playing very well lately. Out of 48 qualifiable guards, Brunskill and Tomlinson rank 46 and 47. So they are literally bottom three worst in the league and they are starting. We have backups backups that are better than our starting guards so obviously something needs to change I know that the Eagles line um, is pretty ferocious I know that the Giants you know people sleep on their line they're pretty good but there's no excuse for that there's zero excuse Um, you know I mean look at what's going to happen here going down the line we have to face you know the Seahawks the Patriots the Rams who, yeah, they don't have great lines. You can say the Rams with, you know, Aaron Donald, obviously, which that's going to be a nightmare. But I, I am really curious moving forward how that line is going to hold up because it's making 
the entire rest of the offensive line look bad just by having two of the worst players in the league at their position be there, be the starters. I mean, and it's not like just worst. It's there's one guy that's worse than both both of them, and they've been playing worse than everyone else. And that's according to PFF too. Some people like have questions about that. Um, but that makes me kind of feel like, and I I believe that like the um, the scrutiny for both McGlinchey and Williams was definitely granted. But that makes it seem like there's a lot that that's a lot less of their fault, um, more of they're being affected and they're not maybe being able to handle like what the interior offensive line is doing. But if, and, and we've seen that they have not played very well They're They were on a lot of one-on-ones and they were getting beat because the Eagles defensive line is very good. Um, but damn dude, 46 and 47 out of 48 guys. That's, that's not doing any favors to McGlinchey or Trent Williams because I mean, that just seems so tough. And, and like, obviously they're going to be double teaming Fletcher Cox a lot. Um, so then they're already isolated, and that's just – I mean, you gotta you got to take some of the uh, the blame off them then on the offensive line. And so basically that what that seems like is, hey, the 49ers offensive line is abysmal, horrible, and, that, and that's why we see George Kittle on these max blocks. Like, that doesn't help the team. You don't want that. Um, and you also brought up Aaron Donald. That makes it seem like all of the game is going to be outside running plays, avoiding Aaron Donald. And a lot of boots and a lot of play actions. And not to say that we don't already do that, but we're going to have to do it to a lot higher extent because the offense is limited. Like that, you can't, you can't like just, oh yeah, we're going to run up the middle. (laughs) Obviously that's not a great option right now. Yeah. And the problem with that then too is you don't think the Rams know that. I mean, you know, they're going to come in preparing for that. Um, and, and this is where the 49ers become kind of one-dimensional. Um, and Kyle Shanahan has said that he doesn't anticipate Raheem Mostert back this week. Um, I don't think Tevin Coleman's coming back this week. And we haven't run the ball good. 2.7 yards per carry the last two weeks. And that's with, you know, our big money signing, uh, you know, two years ago, Jet McKinnon. Now, obviously, I know he's – given up a lot of that money, but still we can't run the ball very effectively right now. And you have to wonder going into divisional games here within the next few weeks, is that, you know, an area of concern because not only can the guards not block very well right now, it doesn't help when you literally cannot run the ball, when the focal point of your offense isn't working. Like imagine if the chiefs couldn't pass the football, that is literally what's happening to our team right now in the running game. Um, you know, we, we are a run-centric team. So it's concerning moving forward. Um, but beyond uh, running the ball, I think we got a lot of, you know, to talk about passing-wise in this one. Yeah. Um, Nick Mullins, like I said at the beginning, he showed why he is a backup quarterback and he showed why now he is the third string quarterback on the 49ers, because I feel like that's a, a huge lock to happen. Um, we, not, not to say that he's even better than CJ Beathard, but we know how much Kyle likes CJ Beathard, obviously took him in the third round and he stayed with him. He's been a, a third quarterback on the roster, which not every team does. Like they don't hang on to guys that they drafted that didn't look good. Um, so it seems like that's pretty obvious, obviously going to be the case. Now let's hope that Jimmy back is back against the dolphins because I think, I think one thing that we learned is that 
Jimmy is a huge and very important part of this team. And it kind of seemed like there was a lot of pressure on Jimmy. And Jake, I was talking to you about this before, but it kind of seems like it used to be like, hey, Jimmy, are you good enough? And now the narrative has changed to, hey, Jimmy, go win these games. We need you to go win these games. And so it's a lot different of pressure. And I think it's something that is actually a, a positive to Jimmy because, and you can say like, oh, he doesn't care. It has to have some type of effect. There's, there's no way that that type of stuff does not have an effect on players. I mean, we saw it like when in week one, I feel like of the, just to kind of like, there's a, it's a weird environment for Jimmy right now coming into that year. And I don't think anyone really took it like that. He was going to take it like that, but I think in a way he did. Um, so I, I, I kind of like that moving forward with Jimmy. I, I think that this game, as bad as it is to lose a game that you should never have lost to because your backup quarterback's in, I think that we're going to see Jimmy hit the ground running with this offense. And yes, there's no Tevin Coleman, there's no Raheem Mostert, but when Jimmy's back, they, they're going to throw the ball at a lot, a lot, but in a lot better form than they did today. And Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, we saw Ayuk's play. Props to him. That was one of that was probably the sickest play I saw all weekend. Also, George Kittle went 15 of 15. Now, I did. I saw one place where it said 16, but I believe he was 15 of 15 for, what is it, 186 yards and a touchdown? Absolutely uh, remarkable. That is, that is exactly what you want your guy that you just paid a boatload of money to to come out there and do because he carried that offense. And Ayuk looked good. We've seen what Debo is. Debo will hopefully be playing. I mean, he's, he played a limited role uh, yesterday. So all these guys, I think that it's they're going to in a position to just, all right, offense has to win the game. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with the offense. I thought it was almost all on Nick Mullins because I don't even want to really talk about him like that much. Like You can just look at those interceptions and go, oh, hey, a for, in the first half interception, which if you guys don't know this, Bill Belichick's whole thing is that the closing out the end of the first half is pretty much the sec, most, like, second most important possession of the game behind like the last possession if it's a close game like that's his thing is that you have to close out the half that's why because like look where the Niners were too they were going to get the ball to start the third quarter and they scored on that drive if Nick Mullins is a throw to interception it can be a two-score game giving the ball back to the the uh Eagles for the first time in the second half with like you know I think it was like eight minutes left that's a lot yeah. different of an approach that the Eagles have to take they're down by a lot in the second half then yeah, and I mean it was a that was a crucial pick as was the one in the fourth. And I mean, look, pick after pick, and uh, the miss throws. I mean, everyone saw use check with about 15 yards of space in the first half. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And I don't want to hear any more. You know, is there a quarterback controversy? No. The answer was no. We said that weeks ago. And people, you know, still were like, oh, is there a quarter? No, there's no quarterback controversy. And to your point about, you know, is Jimmy going to have to come in here and win, win, win? Yes, absolutely. Because this gives me 2017 vibes. You know, uh, Shanahan is a coach, 5-22 and 22, uh, with the 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy G runs Shanahan's system the best out of any quarterback that's been carouseled in or out of here. And, uh, you know, I go back to 2017 when there wasn't a lot of weapons here and, you know, he was kind of forced onto the scene and, you know, they're just like, Hey, just go do it. 
And we talk so much about the improviser Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, used to be. I kind of forecast that we're probably going to see more of that, especially as I was saying with the offensive line struggling, um, you know, with the running game struggling, he's going to have to get creative because he's going to kind of have to put the team on his back these next couple of weeks. And, you know, we've talked about it a million times on this show, the gauntlet of games that are coming up, Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, Bills, Packers, Saints. I mean, if we're not fully healthy, he's going to have to step up big time to win those games. And do I think he's capable? 100%, especially with these off with uh, the pieces we have on offense. You touched on it, man. Kittle had an absolute game. Um, Ayuk, I mean, mind-blowing play. And Debo, uh, I kind of figured he would get ease back in. They didn't really even expect him to play this week. So any offensive production this week out of Debo was, you know, positive. Um, but it's – it's going to be really exciting when we get this offense on the field full strength with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, because like we were saying earlier, the fact that, you know, now he's kind of going to be forced to win and maybe he is going to have to improvise a little more. I think there is big play potential, especially with a guy like Ayuk who can get creative downfield if a play breaks down. Yeah, no, I like that you bring that up. And, and real quick question for you, Jake. How much do you think this offense with, you know, obviously Ayuk and Kittle looked fully healthy last night and Debo, he's fully healthy, but he's still kind of easing his way back in. Once Debo's back, like back and, you know, how he was playing last season and you have Raheem Mostert and Jimmy back, what do you think that does for that offensive line that we obviously touched on, like how much, how horrible they've been playing? Because I, I don't think it's going to get just, oh, figured out, like snap, oh, they're good now but I think that it's going to be like shielded a lot. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the problem with Kyle Shanahan and, you know, the whole zone blocking scheme that he runs is, you know, a lot of offensive line issues can get masked by how good an offense is, right? Like he's just such a wizard on an offense that when he has the pieces to do whatever he wants, the offensive line doesn't really matter because, you know, no matter what, there's going to be a couple guys every single play that are getting fooled. And if they're not getting fooled, it's Kyle Shanahan just going, all right, back to the drawing board. And then the next play, they're fooled for, you know, eight yards, you know, on, you know, a run play. So, yeah, like what you're saying, it makes total sense. Like it is going to get masked, I think. Um, and that is part of the problem for the guards right now. They don't have an offense that's necessarily at full strength but at the same time you kind of just have to work with what you have and 46 and 47 out of 48 gradable guards that is not ideal yeah no not at all um but with all that stuff said about the offense um and we'll shift over to the defense here in a sec but I just feel like today was just not like an off day because I didn't really think the offense looked that bad. I really thought that these missed opportunities, obviously the use check one, but there was a couple at the beginning where Mullins just missed the throws. Those type of things have a snowball effect. If, if Mullins hits that throw, uh, Jake Oster, right now, how confident are you on a scale of one to 10 that they win that game? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident because I was talking to you before the show and 
I'm a big believer that the 49ers are a big team that kind of runs off juice and momentum. And, you know, you get plays like that and, you know, all of a sudden the Eagles are on their heels and they might stay like that the rest of the game because plays like that are, you know, they're just huge momentum swingers. Like, especially when you're, you know, second and long and all of a sudden you pick up, you know, at least, you know, 20, 25 yards, that would have been, that could have been six for all we know. But yeah, I mean, those, those plays are huge momentum shifters and I almost would have shot up to like 80 to 85% confidence in the fact that we would have won that game. I would have been like, Oh, Mullins is dialed and Mullins is a rhythmic, um, you know, kind of momentum kind of quarterback. Like, if he's on, he's on. If he's off, he's off. And that's kind of the problem. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. Yeah, I'm like 9.5% sure. Or 95% sure that the Niners would have won that game. I, I, I just would have felt super confident because it's just – I mean, we've seen like – this game kind of reminded me of like if, he, if that happens, I feel like it looks like the Browns. Struggling team and, oh, you put their backs against the wall right at the beginning and it is done. Um, but but let's talk about the defense and Jake. Are you concerned about this defense? Because I'll, I'll let you go first. Are you, are you concerned about this defense? I you know what man. Overall, I'm not too concerned, and the reason being for that is they didn't look bad. Um, I thought you know, and and we've put a ton of blame on Nick Mullins, but he does deserve a lot of the blame. I thought that. I mean, look, we're down to our fourth, fifth, and sixth string corners. And granted, you know, they had Greg Ward and, you know, some other pretty trash receivers that were trotting out there for them. But still, I mean, we played pretty good defense all night. I mean, you know, if you erase that pick six at the end, we hold them under 20 points with, like I said, you know, we're not even on our third string corner. It's beyond that. And we're missing Nick Bosa. And, you know, I could go through the laundry list of names that are on IR for us right now. But I thought we played well. I mean, we, you know, we were getting good pressure. Um, we could have sacked Wentz a little bit more. Um, we did struggle containing Wentz a little bit, and that's going to be a recurring issue. I just feel like, for whatever reason, Robert Sala, as a defensive coordinator, has big-time trouble adjusting his defense to stop these running quarterbacks. But in the long run, our defense played good enough to win that ball game. Yeah, so I actually would have to say that I was extremely impressed with how the defense performed, and it brings me a lot of confidence that I think the Niners are still going to be a very good team this year. They lost – so they actually had – so they have Akello, they have Sherman, and they have Eman out on the outside. Then K1 Williams goes down. So they're at 5, 6, and 7. You sent me a tweet, Jake. It said that – Dante Johnson was like, he injured himself in the game and didn't come out because they didn't have anyone to come in for him. Now, obviously they could have put Jimmy Ward over there. It probably would have not been good for Jimmy Ward and you would have had a lot of confusion in the secondary, even though Jimmy Ward is a very, very smart player. Maybe he could have done it. Maybe that's what they should have done because obviously Dante Johnson got toasted at the end. Um, And the Eagles didn't have very good receivers. Typically, I think the 49ers corners are good enough to hang with most receiving cores in the league. And it, I think that, that that aspect of the game was just kind of a push just because everyone's kind of out on both sides. I thought the 
the defensive line and the linebacking core. I think that the, over the last few weeks, even though the team's two and two and, you know, they've struggled with running quarterbacks or whatever, I think they have showed that they are very, very good still. And, and the safeties as well. Um, Kwaski Tart made some great plays last night. Jimmy Ward, I, I, I'm a big believer in him. I don't think he had his best night out a couple penalties, but still played very well. Um, and it's harder without those corners because you have a lot of faith in those guys to get – it's a lot harder playing safety if you don't have Sherman right there. Like, come on, that's got to be yeah. such a drastic difference where they're just like, Sherman, you got your third of the field and we got the rest, you know? So I got to say that I am just really impressed with how the defense played, and that's why this loss was so frustrating to me because I thought the defense looked so good and the whole running quarterback thing, I – don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it gets blown out of proportion because it makes the quarterback's back stat sheet look better. I really think that's what it is. And it gives him more fantasy points. And it's like that type of element that people are watching football. And like, obviously like they pick up a lot of third downs and stuff. This game, it's an, the Eagles scored three times on offense, three times. There's a ton of stops. There's a ton of big plays. There's a ton of plays where they get wins before the first down marker. Like there was so many plays like that. Where like it, it just makes it hard for me to believe like oh yeah they're struggling with that because obviously they're stopping different elements of the offense. Then we go back to the Cardinals. What did the Cardinals score like 27? 24. 20, 24. And there was a couple bad plays like by the off like the offense isn't clicking like that's a good defensive day if the offense is clicking in that game. They held them to a bunch of field goals and I think the Cardinals missed like two or three field goals something like that something really bad. Yeah. You're in those games and your offense is is not playing well. That first game, obviously the second and third games, offense clicked. They blew the teams out. The first and, and last night, first game and last night, the offense looked terrible in both games. Like, you go out there and it's, like, flat. It's so flat. Um, and week one, obviously Jimmy's in there, but they're missing their weapons. It's, this is a team sport. Like, yes, the quarterback is so important because you have to have a quarterback for an offense to consistently click. It will not work consistently. And you can be like, oh, there's this team and that team. Their quarterback was probably pretty pretty damn good and got underappreciated, like Jimmy Garoppolo. Or it was just kind of they got they got hot, you know, that kind of stuff happens. But like to consistently run a good offense, you have to have the quarterback. And you have to have the other pieces. There's a I think Sam Darnold, I was thinking about this one day or the other day. I was thinking if I was to rank all the quarterbacks and like how physically good they are, like where would Sam Darnold rank? This is a little bit off topic, but where would Sam Darnold rank? And I'm thinking like Dude, he's probably like top, like a top ten physical talented guy. Like, like what he shows, but you, no one ever in their right mind be like, oh yeah, Donald's top ten right now, because of what's around him. So week one, they don't have that with Jimmy. Offense doesn't click. Defense keeps him in it. Same thing happened last night. I think this defense is so good. I think that they have just shown like they got like they're they're a good team, and they don't have Bosa, and it's going to be harder to get those sacks because of that. They don't have D Ford. Those guys are probably done for the year. It seems like, but. But, like, this is what you want. This is a very good defense. And I, and I want to do an episode later, like, in the future, where we talk about how good this defense actually is. Because I just – I've been so impressed by it, dude. Like, this has been way better than I ever would have thought. So, I just, I, I just want to put that out there that I was – I think the defense is in phenomenal shape. Robert Sala, he's using Fred Warner so well. Those little stunts that they're running with Fred. One of them, he stunts. Fred comes in on a blitz, recognizes that the running back's going to pick up the first down evades kicks out and goes and gets the running back fred fred warner might be the best linebacker in the nfl him and eric kendricks probably maybe i don't think bobby wagner's quite in that in that conversation but there's a couple guys um 
that just are so good. And he's gonna get he's gonna get broken off, and the Niners will break him off because he's that important. But uh, I don't know, Jake. Do, what do you think about that? Because I'm I'm so impressed with him, and I just think that it's been a lot better than people give it, give them credit for. Well, since he's got here, Fred Warner has been the glue of the defense. Week one, 2018, I believe was his first week. He gets the green dot on his helmet, which for those of you who don't know, that means he gets the play caller's mic in his helmet. So he's the commander of the defense literally from week one of his rookie season, which says a lot about the type of player he is. Also, um, Kerry Hyder, I can't say enough about what this guy has done for this team. Chris Collinsworth, I think, said it perfectly on last night's broadcast. He said, sometimes veteran leadership is like more valuable than having a good young rookie pass rusher. Like Bosa is phenomenal in his own right. And I'm not going to come out here and make some wild claim that Hyder is better than Bosa, but Hyder is more talented in different aspects of the game because he's been around longer. Like there was one play um, yesterday where I believe they ran like some fake reverse and Hyder just comes out of nowhere and forces him, you know, to keep running, running, running. And eventually, you know, there's no more field left for him. And Fred Warner's there to take him down. And it's stuff like that. Like, you know, maybe Bosa bites there. Maybe Bosa, you know, he's young. He hasn't seen enough NFL, uh, you know, playing time to recognize that. But Kerry Hyder does. And we said it the other day. He's playing like a $15 million player right now. Um, and his impact is really good. And I, I agree with your sentiment that the defense is still really good. Um, I think, like, overall, this is not a loss we should be concerned about. I think I said it after Garoppolo went down in the Jets game after that podcast. Um, I kind of knew we would lose one to the Giants, Eagles, or Dolphins. Um because that's just the way life with a backup quarterback goes, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy with how the team played. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like, Oh, you lost to a really bad team. How can you be happy how the team played? It's like, well, the backup quarterback came in there and him and, and the offensive line struggled. Like we said, like not, we're going to give them some blame too, but it's like, yeah, the, uh, the quarterback just kind of, did horrible. <laughs> um, a lot of people were talk were really upset about a, a lot of Shanahan's play calling as well. I wasn't ever really like upset about that. I, I I don't know. I think that I think that people try to act like they know, like they would go in there and just start calling all these great plays, and Mullins would start slinging the rock around. It's like no, I I'm gonna trust Shanahan. I'm I've said this before. Like like if he does something that like, I'm like like dude, what were you doing? Like and everyone kind of like what the hell. That's one thing, but, like, to be like, oh, I don't think his – like, Mullins was struggling and didn't be like, yeah, a lot of that was on Shanahan. Like, I am not going to come out here and act like I know, like, more football than Kyle Shanahan, nor do I think anyone else should ever try to do. Um, unless you've had, like le- – unless you've had, like, legit coaching experience or scouting experience, then I just feel like that's kind of, like, you're just saying shit, honestly. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm not – really concerned that much about this loss it will suck if they don't make the playoffs because they're one game back because of this loss that's about 
Like that's my concern. That's the only concern. But like how the team looks, um, this is the first month of the year. I don't know how many teams start out two and two to make the playoffs. Probably the majority of the playoff team. That's the record after four games, either two and two or three and one. That's one game difference. Um, also, there's an extra playoff seed this year. And we said this before, Jake, all you got to do is get to the dance. Um, and just to kind of wrap it up, if you could, if you're in the NFC, you're a playoff team, what's the, what's the top seed you want? Obviously, number one. What's the second seed that you want? Second seed that I want is obviously the number two seed. Um, but I guess it doesn't matter at this point for me, but you're shaking your head in disagreement. I want to know what you have to say. Dude, it's uh, the, as far it's as the five seed. It's got to be the five seed. Because if, if the stadium's not really a factor, because I don't think it's a factor right now, like I, maybe in a couple places, but okay. But if the stadium, if there's no fans and the stadium's not a factor, I would much rather play, be the five seed playing the Eagles, Cowboys football team, or I don't know, the Giants are like a game back. So, <laughs> um, no. but dude, like, I don't want to be that two seed playing some wild card team that is probably really hot. Like if you just get the seven seed, like it could definitely be a team or a team that's like, say the 49ers where you get the seven seed. You don't want to be the two seed. That's probably the seed that you just definitely don't want to be. If there's not that much of a home field advantage, like, I got to go with the five. And I know, like, you're starting a game on the road and all that. That's basically a buy. Because, like, and you can say, like, oh, you guys just lost to the Eagles. Don't have Jimmy, dude. If you have Jimmy in that game, I think that's an absolute blowout. Like, there's no way that I'm going to, like, actually come in out here and be like, like, yeah, if we, don't, if we have Nick Mullen starting in the playoffs, I still think it's, like, a 50-50 shot we beat the Eagles. You know, you just can't play, like, atrocious. So, I don't know, man. I, that's where I'm at. I'm really not that concerned about this loss, except for the fact that, like, if it hurt a playoff spot. Um, two concerning things. Three concerning things. Injuries, obviously. Don't want any more injuries and can't afford them at all. Need the guys to get healthy. Um, and the offensive line, I think that's really it, dude. I'm not too concerned about anything else, like, honestly. Just the injuries. You got to get these guys back. And the offensive line needs to get their shit together, especially the two guard spots. And that's where I'm at this team. If you want to say anything else, go ahead. Uh, just my final thoughts. You know, people are acting like the world is on fire. Oh, my God, we're 2-2. Two 2-2 and two. Two and two is currently tied for the seven seed, which uh, is also with some pretty prominent teams, by the way. The New Orleans Saints, the Arizona Cardinals, um, I'm not going to throw the Panthers in there because I think they're going to fall off. But when you look at the teams that are ahead of us in wild card standings, the Bears, come on, they're going to fall off. They don't have a real quarterback. Um, the, you know, the Panthers, like I said, will fall off. The Cardinals, looking are a little Panthers bit. The Panthers, two and two? They are. They are. Wow. Both wins without Christian McCaffrey, by the way. A little bit surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to assume it's early in the season. There are teams that rem they're just a little bit of imposters, I think, early on. And I do understand the argument that we're very injured, but two and two is, with all the injuries we have, one of the best cases um, that we could have had at this point. I mean, obviously three and one is better, but I think two and two is about as good as it gets with all the injuries we suffered. I mean, you take it. I mean, obviously the schedule helped out a ton, but like you take like, okay, 
you're gonna have all these injuries and you go two and two most teams are going okay like that's totally fine so and obviously the schedule is gonna get a lot harder final thing i want to ask you so the packers and who's the other team that's four no the seahawks packers and the seahawks are the two four no teams if those two teams match up against the saints and the 49ers who are both two and two who do you think wins those games either matt any of the matchups well, I think the 49ers, if they had, you know, Moster and um, – I mean playoff know, time. Healthy playoff time. Playoff time. Okay, so healthy playoff time. I have no problem taking the 49ers over the Packers. I think that the Packers have to prove that they are still better. At this juncture, you know, healthy in the playoffs, it's really a toss-up for me. I mean – between the 49ers and Seahawks, it's, it's 50-50 because Russell Wilson is having arguably the best season of his career. And I know we've talked about how bad that roster is, but he is a god. You know, he's literally NFC version of Patrick Mahomes. Very hard to stop. So for me, I really 50-50 that. I'd rather just not make a judgment on that. As far as the Saints, um, I think Saints actually lose to both at this juncture um breeze has not looked like the same guy um lots of dump offs to kamara granted i know that's because michael thomas is not here and you know again your question was you know assuming full health who would win i you know i might take the saints over the seahawks just because i think they're a little bit more well coached offensively i think defensively they're about even um, so I would probably take a, the Saints in that game against the Packers. I probably trust Rodgers to pull that out just because I don't like their defense against Rodgers at all. So I know it's kind of a long-winded answer, but that's, that's, my, that's my answer. No worries. We just really wrapped it up very slowly today. <laughs> yeah, we did. A bunch did. of questions. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just interesting. Like after the season kind of gets going, there's a lot of like, okay, hypothetical, this happens. You know, and you, it's just, I don't know. I like talking about that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, like, I like the Saints and the Niners and all of those like matchups. I think that they're – I still think they're the better teams, basically. And obviously, it's NFL any given Sunday. We know this. We see this all the time. But I just think that the Saints with Michael Thomas, and I know Breeze doesn't look that good. Give him Michael Thomas back. He's going to look a lot better. Uh, give anyone Michael Thomas, they'll look a lot better. Even Aaron Rodgers. Devontae's out too. Um, and he's going to be out tonight. So we'll see how that Falcons-Packers game goes. But that's kind of it for today. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple, if you could five-star review – or five-star rate, and then give us a review. And in the review, let us know what you would take in the, in the, out of those games. Like, are you going the Packers beat both of those teams or the Saints beat both those teams and the Niners beat both those teams like me? Or like, I don't know, what are you guys thinking? So let us know in the review. Um, and once again, thanks so much for listening.